Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan football is 7-0 after another blowout win, this one against Indiana. We discuss the long list of things that impressed us and wonder when the Wolverines might be seriously challenged. That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Sunday night, October 15th, uh, a day after Michigan football moved to 7-0 and with a 52-7 to win over Indiana. You don't see too many 52-0 to runs uh, in, in sports, but Michigan had it because Indiana scored first in this game, which we can discuss a little bit later, at least I'd like to. Uh, but we'll just start with kind of more just bigger picture, you know, takeaways from this game. What impressed you guys the most from Michigan's blowout win? I don't know where to start. Uh, the response was one of the best I, I, I can remember, like a met, I, I can remember recall seeing a 52 unanswered points is quite the feat. Uh, it's difficult to do, especially in modern day college football with these offenses, uh, you know, so so efficient. That's um, uh, not to say Indiana was very efficient because they weren't clearly um, missing a lot of pieces and just they just aren't very good top to bottom. So. I think many of us expected it being a lot, it being a lopsided game going in. The, the certainly the pregame line and the odds makers uh, thought it would be that be that way. Uh, maybe what changed things, at least at least from my perspective, is the fact that you know Indiana scored first and put Michigan in the seven nothing, seven nothing hole, kind of like what we saw at Rutgers. So uh, just the, the fact that they were able to flip the game so quickly, they went from seven nothing there, you know, uh, in the early the second quarter to. You know, uh, blow up within a, a matter of like two quarters. It was incredible, just the way that Michigan was able to flip the game and, and flip everything else. And just, I think it speaks to the depth and the talent on this team, both sides of the ball. They've got it going on. A lot is working, and uh, they certainly continue to uh, impress. I think everyone watching. Yeah, I mean, all three of us obviously sit, obviously sit next to each other in the press box, and I mean, early on, Andrew and I were talking about our predictions and how we kind of had some very specific predictions in there too. And I'm like, well, yeah, this is, this is a game where the, the mission starters aren't going to play at the four quarter again, because they're, uh, it's going to be a blowout. And early on, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, is, is this going to be the game where Michigan gets tested? And it, it turns out they, they really did not at all. I mean, maybe early on, but it, it's tough to pick one area where they were really impressive just because it was just like an all encompassing dominating effort after the first quarter. I mean, defensively, it was the defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs. I mean, JJ McCarthy was throwing it to everyone out there. I mean, it's, and the, I mean, the running backs quorum didn't, didn't have a great game, but he was effective and, uh, Donovan Edwards finally found the end zone, even though his, his his stat line wasn't that great. And even Benjamin Hall filling in as a running back three with Khalil Nolan's out. I mean, he led the team in rushing. So it's just it was literally a, a complete effort. They had a nice punt return from Tyler Morris, even though it might have not uh, turned out the the traditional way of a, a long punt return. But I mean, geez, oh, Pete's what a what a response. Yeah. Interesting start. I mean, Michigan goes. uh you know, three and out on the first two possessions. Indiana actually moves the ball pretty well. They get down to the Michigan 10 and throw an interception, um, but then they they hit a trick play to actually, you know, score a, a long touchdown pass, 44 yards to take the lead. But then after that, I mean, it was just Michigan scores on eight straight drives 
uh, seven touchdowns, including, you know, five straight to start this run that we're talking about here uh, and just, you know, blows the doors off of Indiana. You, you almost forgot. Oh, yeah. Indiana was leading in this game. Um, but, you know, it happened with Rutgers, too, where they struck first. Um, and, you know, Michigan's actually down for a little bit. And I got to say, if, if you look at the point, you know, the point differential in, in Michigan's games and how they've blown out every team, it's much better to have. I, I think it'll be more beneficial to them later in the season when they're playing better teams to have had this experience than what you saw in the first three games where the other team scored once, but it was at the very end, right? I mean, don't you think they are getting tested at least in that regard? Like they're actually down, you know, for the first time all season, they were actually trailing in the second quarter. That, that, that's gotta be helpful. You, you think, right. Then, then not. Yeah. It like creates some sense of urgency, right. It makes the forces them to do something. Uh, you know, the, the backs haven't necessarily been up against the wall. Like maybe it was last year for the first time at, at Nebraska or, Maybe they're, they haven't been trailing late in the game to where they have to, you know, uh, you know, pull something out of the hat to, to win a game. But yeah, it, it's a good point, you know. And it almost seemed like, especially in that first quarter, it almost seemed like they were sleepwalking. And I don't know how much of that was just maybe being ill prepared or, or not being, maybe not knowing what Indiana was going to throw at them, especially offensively. You know, we talked about it kind of coming in. They they had a new offensive coordinator, Ron Carey. Um, you had an idea of what he wanted to do, but you didn't you didn't exactly know what what, what the goal was. Um, and, and look, the players talked about that in the days leading up to the game. They, they kind of referred to Saturday as a training camp game where they're basically sharpening their skills and, and going out there and playing their type of ball, hoping that, you know, the talent, um, you know, exceeds their, their opponent. And that's essentially what ended up happening. Yes. They got caught off guard, maybe in a couple plays at 54 yard trick play, double pass that ended up uh, uh, scoring a touchdown for Indiana certainly caught them off guard, but you know, to their credit, they're able to adjust uh, as Jesse Minner and the defensive staff have been able to do all season long. And they really clamped down and, and limited, you know, Indiana from uh, not only get, keeping them off the scoreboard, but basically keeping them, you know, uh, you know, picking up a ton of yards. The, the, you never saw a drive like we saw those, those first couple of possessions the rest of the game. They just weren't able to sustain much, um, weren't able to move the football. And it was really um, what we'd seen from Michigan, you know, really the last three weeks. And we've talked about this a little bit before, too, but the, the discipline this team has in compared to some other teams, I mean, Indiana shot itself in the foot a couple of times, too. I think right after the I mean, they're driving it down to the Michigan 10 with the potential to take the lead. And they're, they're having so much success with with these short passes and, and picking up like seven, eight yard gains with these with these quick passes, finding soft spots and coverage. And then you take a false start penalty and then try and force a pass and it gets picked off. It's just like it's every it seems like all these teams that are the mission have been playing too have just aren't as disciplined as and mature as Michigan. They also had like a, a roughing the pass or, or a penalty too when, when JJ McCarthy went down. And I mean that was costly too. It seemed like these teams that Michigan are facing aren't doing themselves any favors by taking penalties and, and Michigan has largely been uh, a very disciplined team this year as far as penalties are concerned. Yeah, Indiana had a you know hand to the face penalty on a on a long negating a long pass play. Uh, even even the score late, uh, you know they went up on the scoreboard for a moment was taken down after the player wasn't a penalty, but you know he steps out of bounds before he makes the catch. So yeah, Michigan only only two penalties again this game, zero tor- turnovers. They force four, so it's like I, I agree. I mean, shot in the foot is is literally the phrase that one of the Indiana players said after the game. But you know, it, Michigan has a big has a lot to do with that. They're I mean, I, I think it's the same with like 
you know, the, the head coach, Tom Allen, said they wear you down. That's what he said about Michigan. Like, they just wear you down over four quarters. Their talent shines through. Their depth shines through. So then I asked an Indiana player about that, and he he kind of brushed it up. Nah, I wouldn't say they wore us down. It's just they were, you know, making more more plays than us as the game went on. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the definition of wearing you down. Maybe he doesn't want to admit that they're actually, you know, tired out there. But I think that that's exactly what's happening with Michigan is that, um, you know, their starters are very good. But to have the second wave and third wave of players, you know, kind of keep that standard up is is what really separates them from many teams in the country. That's four games straight now without a turnover for Michigan. I mean, and that's what good teams do, right? They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They don't turn the football over and and they beat you, um, you know, with the fundamentals. And, that, and that's really what Michigan's kind of MO has been for pretty much all season long. They're just better than their opponents. Um, at some point, we're going to, they're going to face a team that's on equal footing. Uh, we'll get to that later on, later in the year, but so far they've certainly handled the test and, uh, you know, even trailing, you know, early in the, in the game on Saturday, you never really got the feeling there, there, you know, it was in jeopardy as we, as we've you know seen all season long. So they're just, they've just been the better team. And, and typically when you have a, a superior talent and you don't make mistakes, uh, you're, you're going to win football games. And that's, that, that's what they've been able to do. And yeah, I mean, like you, I mean, if you look at some of their positions, it's like you don't even know who the starters are because they're so deep. I mean, who, who would you say like their their top two edge guys are right now? I mean, it seems like they rotate them so frequently, and they're all been effective. It's like hard to say like who their top two guys are just because all four of them, Braden McGregor, Derek Moore, uh, Josiah Stewart, and Jalen Harrell, have all been uh, have all had solid seasons. Uh, I mean, defensive line, too, and uh, on the interior with, I mean, Chris Jenkins, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham. I mean, they're just – they're so deep at so many positions, and it's – I think it's going to bode well for them moving forward. And, and something we haven't really talked about a lot, but the coaches have done a very good job of identifying, you know, specifically with the edge guys, like what they're really good at. You know, one of the reasons why Braden McGregor and Jalen Harrell start is because they're very good against against the run. And you've got guys who can drop into coverage like Derek Moore, Josiah Stewart's a, a pure, you know, uh, quarterback chaser. So I think these these coaches have done a good job of kind of carving out roles and niches for a lot of these guys, whether it's the edge guys or whether it's the guys in the, in, on the defensive backfield. Uh, they, they've recognized their strengths. Uh, they, I think they've done a good job of kind of emphasizing them, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of these guys have been put in situations where they've been they've been able to be successful. JJ McCarthy ends up 14 of 17, and he he, he missed his first two passes. So after that, uh, you know, 14 of 15 uh, for 222 yards. Uh, you know, Jack Tuttle comes in and and looked very good. Touchdown pass was beautiful. He's five for five. Uh, you know they. They Blake Corum only has to run the ball 13 times. Uh, you know, Donovan Edwards gets nine carries. Benjamin Hall gets nine carries. Like they, they just could divide it so much. I mean, McCarthy maybe had to run and scramble a little more than they would have liked, but even he's doing a better job of getting out of bounds. Um, you know, the, the, the pass catchers was spread out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 players uh, catch a pass in this game. Um, and it's just, yeah, it is just how how they're 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 spreading the ball around offensively is is something that stood out to me as well. Can we talk about the Donovan Edwards for a little bit from Saturday? I mean, to me that that's probably one of the most interesting aspects of the game as far as him trying to like not getting in the end zone and trying to like stay on the field and and, and fend off a substitution late in the half and and then like he scores late in the game and you're like oh it's a 45 to 7 game and it, it looks like Michigan just scored a, a huge momentum changing touchdown like i know he's been snake bitten but like man that's it's like 
all right, like it's it's still a blowout game. Like let's let's see you you score against a, a good opponent, I guess. But I mean, uh, it, that was a weird sequence um, in 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 the game. I thought. And there's been part of me too, and I've said to you guys come kind of the press box, but there's part of me wonders, you know, if he's been frustrated in the past for not getting those opportunities at the goal line, uh, because it's been clear, you know, pretty much all season that they've Michigan's tried to they've made emphasis of giving the football to, to Blake there along the goal line to give him those touchdowns. I don't know if they're trying to chase the the rush the the you know the rushing uh, touchdown record at Michigan. Obviously, they're not going to say at this point, but uh, it seems like whenever they get around that the goal line, they're giving it to him. Uh, you know, and rightfully so, right? Blake has been the the, t- the top guy now for the, for the last, really the last 18 months. Um, he had a fantastic year last year. They got derailed by injury. He decided to come back for the betterment of the program, and certainly Michigan probably appreciated that. So I got to think they got, they got a lot of things working in his favor, and they're trying to get him as many opportunities as possible without, you know, killing the tread and the tires, so to speak, as we talked about. These games have been, I mean, I'll say it, they've been somewhat boring. If you think about as like a fan, you know, whatever team you like, whether it's Michigan football or, or the Lions or the Tigers, whatever sport even, like think back about your favorite, most memorable games you, you've you watched. And they're probably late comebacks or at least games that were close and, and you know, were, were uh there was there was uncertainty there, right? I mean, that's what creates drama is like the chance that your team could lose. And that just has not been the case with Michigan all season and again when's it going to happen because every week that goes by michigan looks even more dominant and the teams they're about to play look even worse because it's not going to be michigan state <laughs> it's not going to be michigan state next week uh two and four michigan state which couldn't hold a 18 point fourth quarter lead against Rutgers. not going to be purdue either <laughs> not going to be two and five purdue which just lost to ohio state 41 to seven I mean, nothing has changed the fact that it doesn't look like this team is going to be tested until November. What is it? Six? What's the what's the date? Fourth, maybe eleventh. Uh, when is the game? Eleventh. Eleventh. The second weekend in November uh, against against Penn State. I'm getting antsy, man. Like it's. Like, I want those <laughs> games. I want that Penn State game so much, just so we can like get a real glimpse of, of like a marquee matchup. Like you look at like the Washington and, and Oregon game last week, and it's like. I mean, not even as a, just as, as a reporter to cover an interesting game. Like it's up I feel like we're writing so much of the same stuff this year, just because it's been, they've been so convincing blowouts and we're, we're not gleaning much from, from this team at this point because the opponents have been so bad, but I mean, Penn state just beat UMass 63 to nothing. I mean, it looked like they're, they're the real deal. Ohio state seems to figure some stuff out. Maryland is, we kind of talked about earlier. They, it's team, somewhat uh, like to uh, collapse late in the year. And now they've lost uh, two straight after losing to Illinois. So that team's not looking as, uh, as much of a challenge as, as it originally did. But yeah, Penn State and Ohio State is going to be, uh, or should be fun. It, it's a three-man race in the Big Ten, as we've talked about all season long. I mean, I can remember preseason talking about this. It's going to come down to those three teams and 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 in those games. Uh, and those are going to decide whether Michigan, I think, is a playoff team and whether they get left out and end up going to a New Year's Six bowl game. So uh, a lot a lot are going to be riding on, on those two games, a lot to build up to. And I think Michigan's kind of approached their season that way without maybe saying it. You know, it's clear that they're, they've are they been more cautious this year about using guys uh, and not utilizing guys. Uh, it's one of the reasons why you've seen more of those, those backup C playing time. Uh, you know, they're obviously building for the future, but the same token, they're trying to save their – their best players for for the you know the uh, the end of the season when things are really matter. Um, with that now, with that being said, 
I, I don't know if Michigan's going to be calling off the guard Saturday against uh, calling off the dog Saturday against Michigan State. The the point spread sits at twenty four at this point. I think many of us on both sides are expecting a blowout. Um, that's probably going to be the case. But after what happened last year and some of the incidents that have happened in the past between these two schools, um, I don't think Michigan is going to um, you know uh, you know have any feel any mercy for them. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. They're going to. It, I don't know. You're going to see the starters probably play all four quarters Saturday night. Night game two. Any slanting. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> yes. Night game, 730 uh, kickoff, and that Penn State-Ohio State game is noon. And, I mean, that's just one of the first things I do each week is, like, it's not only about when Michigan plays. It's like, all right, when are the other games? Because those are the ones you're kind of, like, more excited to be to be watching right now because, yeah, Michigan is just is a machine, you know, ruthlessly efficient and just demolishing teams. And yeah, no reason to apologize, but uh, um, yeah. Uh, what, what else from Saturday? Cause we, we kind of now talked about the offense a fair amount with McCarthy and the running backs, but yeah, the defense forcing four turnovers. Um, you know, they, the, the, the quarterbacks for Indiana were 13 of 28 for 96 yards. I mean, they're biggest pass play by far was, you know, thrown by a wide receiver, uh, but the actual quarterback tandem, you know, did not, did not go well at all for Indiana and, you know, Michigan played a, played a big role in that. Yeah. Rod Moore finally, he gets his first interception of the season. Uh, you know, he'd been coming in on the lineup, not playing a ton of snaps. He was slow, you know, uh, out of the gate this year. And it was good to see him get an interception. Keon Sab again, another guy who's like borderline starter. He's played quite a bit this year. He's gotten an expanded role and, He's really come on. So I, I think Michigan, if, when you're thinking future, I think they, they've got a light, lot to like with him. Um, they're just like, they, like we've talked about, they're getting so many guys involved. So many different guys are making plays. It's not the same guy making a play every time. It's not like Aiden Hutchinson years ago where he was playing every snap and racking up the sacks and everything else. I mean, it's, it's really split across the board. And, and I think from a coaching perspective, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible to see. You know, I'm waiting to see. You know, every every Monday the Big Ten releases their their weekly um, you know players of the week from you know performances from yeah. the previous Saturday. Michigan has had one player through six games, and obviously month tomorrow withstanding, they've had one player honored this year. Where while Ohio State and Penn State and Iowa have been racking up awards, I think it just speaks to the the the, the depth and the, you know like you guys are talking about the, the the different playmakers they've had on both sides of the ball, and I think. You know, Jim Harbaugh kind of talked about this after the game on Saturday. You know, he's kind of, I think, run out of things to talk about about his team just because things have been going so swimmingly to the point where he's going to the assistant coaches and how he was talking them up about the job they're doing doing and developing these different players. So it, it's really, I think, it, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say during Jim Harbaugh's time here at Michigan, this is probably, he probably has a Michigan program in the best situation it's ever it's been under under his watch. It would be hard to disagree with that. I mean, it's it's been complete dominance. And I, I wonder, I mean, this team has been so healthy this year, too. And I wonder with these ball wins, how much of a factor that 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 is that is playing just because they've been able to rotate in so many guys and, and not maybe overtax some of their, their top guys. And I think, yeah, like, like Blake Corum had a lot of carries last year, and, and especially in, in Big Ten play. And this year, I mean, yeah, he's not putting up the yards like he did, but he hasn't needed to. And, and maybe it'll be fresher for those those big marquee games, and 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 we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's remarkable how healthy this team has been um, through seven games of the year now. 
Yeah, Aaron, that, that's a great point about the players of the week because I noticed that every week when I check that email and I don't see Michigan, like they're scoring in the now they're scoring in the 50s and the 40s regularly, blowing out teams, you know, a lot of a lot of turnovers on defense. It's like you'd think that they'd have more of those players. But again, I, I yeah, it really just does speak to how it's just kind of a, t- a team full of stars instead of just that, you know, a handful of guys uh, standing out. Um, yeah. Any. Anything else from the post-game press conference, either specifically about this game or leading into Michigan State that we want to talk about? Because I, I just have a feeling, so we're getting, you know, we're getting Harbaugh and players uh, Monday morning, um, you know, a little earlier than we normally do, but we'll have we'll have coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. My guess is that they're going to get pretty muzzled this week. I, I expect, like, nothing even close to bulletin board material. I won't even be surprised if players don't really want to touch what happened last year. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, in the, the incident, post-game incident in the tunnel, um, and they're just going to let let their play uh, on Saturday at Spartan Stadium do the talking. But I could be wrong. No, they they were asked about it Saturday after the game. A couple of the players were at least. Uh, Roman Wilson was the only one to really answer the question. He kind of avoided the whole tunnel situation. You know, he kind of gave kudos to Michigan State, and you know, he's pretty frank. And he said, "We got to be ready to play because as we've seen in years past." Go back to again 2020 when Michigan entered the game was like something similar, like a 24 point favorite, and they lose to Michigan State. So I think they realize they got to be on their toes and they can't look past Michigan State. Now that being said, behind the scenes, I, I can't tell you what's being said, but I can I can assure you that last year and everything else that's gone on is, is certainly being used to to motivate these guys. And look, it, they realize too the season's on the line. Like you can't afford a loss at this point. Um, yes, it is on the road. Yes, it is an in-state rival, but. Uh, I think they realized too that they need to show up and play a complete game. Yeah, Michael Barrett was asked about it too, and I mean, he kind of just said that they're—I mean—they just treat Michigan State like any other opponent, which I mean, they probably don't. Like, I mean, they might prepare say that and, and try and prepare the same way, but it, it does mean more than than the other games. And uh, yeah, I mean, it would be good to get their actual thoughts on, on heading into the game, but like Andrew said, I doubt that we're going to get anything. Uh, any big headlines out of uh, out of mission of, of any mission player saying anything about Mission State this week? Yeah, we've we've, we've talked about this in years past leading up to this game, but you had the the stretch of Michigan winning six in a row in this rivalry, uh, you know, two thousand two through two thousand seven, and then uh, Michigan State took advantage of of Michigan's uh, kind of downturn, you know, going through multiple coaches. Um, you know, and, and and they had the upper hand. They won four in a row. They won seven out of eight. Um, and then, you know, Harbaugh comes and it, it was kind of back and forth. It looked like Michigan was ready to take control, but then they lose in 2020. They lose in 2021. Now I feel like this is, again, another chance for Michigan to kind of put the hammer down, win this thing, you know, two years in a row, potentially lopsided games both years. And then, you know, go into next year looking like probably another another strong year for Michigan, potentially with Michigan State looking for a new coach. So, uh yeah, it, it's a chance that it's it's what makes these rivalry games always so important is that, you know, for recruiting and the in-state bragging rights and all that, um, you know, you, you want to win these games and winning them convincingly uh, all, all those all the better. If there was ever a time to put your foot down in the rivalry and take control, it's this year. Like you said, given the coaching situation, Michigan State's got guys hitting the transfer portal. They just started a new quarterback last week. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. You know, uh, rivalry aside, that I, I think there's there's just a, there's just issues. So um, the 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 opportunity is there for Michigan. Uh, they're picked to win this thing big. They probably will. They just need to go in there and, and and complete the job. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll have plenty of coverage on mlive.com uh, slash Wolverines. Um, you know, just some some 
stuff from this past game. You know, Ryan wrote about Donovan Edwards finally scoring, um, you know, just some some observations from the game itself and some, you know, interesting quotes in the postgame presser. Um, you know, Aaron Aaron had some stuff about just the, the 52 uh, unanswered points, um, you know, in this game and and just how how really efficient and, and dominant Michigan has been. Uh, you know, stay tuned for coverage on mlive.com slash wolverines leading up to next saturday night's game against michigan state thanks for listening